Welcome to Busted Biscuits. I'm Jill Super. And I'm Jen Stanley. And today we're talking about leaving junior high behind. Yes, we are. We are. So um, I think this is an important topic for us, us to discuss because I think sometimes we have brought in the behaviors that we learned in junior high into adulthood. And so we haven't <laughs> yeah. matured out of those. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it impacts our relationships now. And I want us to talk about how to, to step away from that and to grow from it. And maybe point out ways that we're being junior high-like and maybe not even aware of. Yes. Do you remember how you felt in junior high? I just felt lonely. Okay. It's It was different because at my school, like when you got to junior high, it was all new, right? Like you had playground and recess friends and you had small little classrooms. And mm-hmm. here you had to change classrooms and you had to be with all different people all the time. And yeah. you, you didn't, You it was hard. Yes, yeah. definitely. Lonely is the only only descriptor you remember um I mean lonely I was probably longing for Mm. relationships because I really I didn't feel like I had that or didn't make those connections initially Mm -hmm. I definitely felt alone in junior high like that I would relate to that feeling I also remember being very Mm self-conscious of myself Mm -hmm. you know like worrying about what people were thinking about me like I highly valued the opinions of others yeah I wanted to make sure that I had the right clothes and the right um well, the, the right accessories, right? And um, my mom was somewhat supportive, somewhat not in that. <laughs> right? Like she didn't always want to spend the extra money on things. Like she'd like, here's my budget. And then if you want it, you can spend your money on it, you know? So I, I remember like having a um, high needs for certain items, you know, yes. and, and having to find a way to get them. But um, it, it just wasn't a great time at all. No. I don't think. It was a rough transition. Like it's, yeah. a, it's a transitional period in your life, right? Because you have mm-hmm. it change. Everything changes. And and you're young and it's hard to adjust mm-hmm. in, a, in a good way and not have some sort of stress or anxiety over. Well, I wonder like if there's anybody out there that's really had a really good junior high experience, <laughs> right? Like if you had we a good, know. we do want to know. <laughs> I want to meet you and shake your hand and take some notes. Like I want to hear how you got through junior high in a great way. Can you write a book for that's everybody right. else? I need it. <laughs> so I will, if anybody has like for real, I would love to hear. So yeah. busted biscuits three dot, um, Oh, at Gmail. Yeah. Bust, Gmail. Yeah. Good Lord. Busted, busted, blah, 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 blah. busted biscuits three at gmail.com <laughs> or on our Instagram, which is just that's the same. So we'd love to hear from you if you had a great junior high experience because I, I want to meet you and shake your hand. Yes. So I wrote some notes about like the culture of junior high. What do you remember like the, the culture being like when you were in junior high? Do you remember? <laughs> Survival of the fittest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're very evolutionary. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would have to say, I just, it felt like it was, you know, everybody was racing to, to make the connections, to find the friends, to fit in, to do, to Mm -hmm. do, to be whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it it definitely was, it was different. It was a very different culture. What about you? I I think that what I saw a lot of was constantly looking for ways to make fun of someone, like to magnify Mm -hmm. your differences. Like, you know, like you would align with somebody and then you'd want to make fun of someone else and like tell them that they smelled or tell them that their, their uh, jacket wasn't the right brand (laughs) or, you know, that they didn't have any friend, like whatever, like, you know, finding a way to, to magnify your differences. Like, you know, you live on this part of town and I live somewhere else. And like, you know, just looking to make it point out like why you're not one of the group. I remember thinking, as we were kind of doing the prep work for this, it's like a, an episode of Survivor, right? Like, mm-hmm. who are your alliances with this week? Who are oh, you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, are you, who are you putting, you know, who are you going to put on your team? Who are you going to, how are you going to get to the end? Right? Yes. Yes. Do you, we were always talking about people and like tearing other people yeah. down. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe to their face, maybe not. Now I do think there's a lot more like to your face or like 
over social media tearing down that yes, happens now yes. that maybe we didn't have to deal with when we were younger. But I, I definitely think that that was something that occurred was like make the constantly tearing people down and making them feel like they didn't fit in. Yeah, I would agree. And not by not including everyone. Yes. Also, like, you know, being left Us out and purposely no being left out. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. making sure that, you know, you that, that someone else knew you had plans and they weren't invited. Yeah. That was hard for oh. me. Oh. Even into high school, that was hard for me. This, like, makes me squirm. Like, I don't, it doesn't feel good at all. This is, why did I pick <laughs> to talk about this? Like, know. bleh. <laughs> Yucky. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think some of the main behaviors that we see in junior high is, like, not keeping secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we talked about this before that like there's almost this power dynamic when you know something that other people don't know and so then you feel like you want to tell them you want to tell other people so like you can show that you have the power of the information oh yes triangulation I think mm-hmm. yep yeah. that's that's next <laughs> um, it's like for the not keeping secrets like someone tells you how they feel about something or, or something that's important and then you go and tell someone else because it's some it's like something you use to make fun of them or to mm-hmm. put them down. And I, I think that that's where the beginning of hurts happen when uh, women start not telling people how they feel. Like start like isolating themselves. Yeah, it's I can like see that. like you you told something that was important to you in junior high. Somebody abused it and didn't hold it, and like they told someone else or made fun of you about it, it backfired in some way, and so then like you're like, mm, forget it. I'm not gonna tell anybody my secrets ever. Well, I also think that can that kind of leads in the other direction, right? Like you hold your secrets, but then you also become that person. Like, well, I can get back at you. I can hold. I can take your secret and tell somebody. Right. I'm gonna do that some, to somebody else because apparently that's the thing to do, right? Right. One person sets that trend, and now yeah, that's where we all go. Right. We all follow. But very true. It's like, oh yeah, I'll get you back. Like I'll mm-hmm. t- oh yeah, you told all mine. I'll tell yours too. Yeah. I'll tell your dirt. So yeah, that definitely happens. And then triangulation. We did talk about that um, in a previous episode, but essentially, it's about when um, if you think about a triangle, you have a base of a triangle, which is usually the if you're talking about a regular triangle, is the the base of it. So you have t- one on each corner and then you then the tip is the other one so uh, with triangulation you join with someone at the base of the triangle and it, you align then against the person that would be at the tip of the triangle so that's like if you and I were going to talk about Todd and so like you and I are going to triangulate and and be on on each other's team but then then be against someone else like to be against him and so I think this is something that continues to happen uh, into adulthood for sure mm-hmm. I think this is where we learn it though it's like you try to get to be on the right base of the triangle with the right person yep. and so that you can be against someone else. And so, so then that person that's at the tip of the triangle being uh, against feels that tension and feels being left out and it can almost be too overwhelming for them. And so it's, it's really painful to do yeah, that. I would agree. It's I would agree. Fun. I think that happens in workplaces too, a mm-hmm. lot, you know, that you join and partner up with somebody that, um, a- against someone else, you know, either talking badly about them or about a boss maybe, but like you, you kind of commiserate about something and then you align against someone else. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's actually one of the, probably the easiest places to have that happen. Oh, for sure. Um, well, and divorced families, I think uh, that's yes. like, you know, yes. I think that, um, parents do that to their kids sometimes to align against the other parent. Mm-hmm. Not always, you know, but I think there's a, there is a temptation for sure to do that. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes, there is. Yeah. As a divorced woman, you may be able to <laughs> yes, relate to that feeling. Divorced yeah, slash remarried. You are currently married. I don't want to start rumors. <laughs> you and Matt are doing fine. It's totally fine. Yes, we yeah. are. So previously divorced. Uh, and then I think also having followers, like there's one leader and people follow. And so like, 
um, I'm not really sure how the leader becomes the leader, mm. but there's always a leader. There is. There, there is, is a leader in their friendship. And so then everybody does what that person suggests or says or um, like requires of them. Yeah. Even down to like who you can and can't talk to and how, right. that, how that works, how other friendships and other relationships are, yes. are allowed or not allowed. Right. That there's these rules. And so like sometimes they're spoken rules and they said, you can't talk to this person. Sometimes they're unspoken. Mm-hmm. And you realize, oh, okay, so if I'm going to be a part of this group, then I can't be in, interacting with this person. Does that carry to adulthood too? Oh, man, yes. <laughs> That's probably where I became aware of it. And so I've definitely been a part of that. Um, and honestly, this kind of stuff is what I'm the most disappointed in myself about when it comes relationally because there's a season in my life that, that I did well and then like then moved on and like up to other stage of life and I kind of reverted and went back to some of these old behaviors. And so I get really irritated at myself for going, how did I do that? How did I get sucked into these kind of behaviors when I knew they weren't okay? Yeah. And like I had overcome them in other scenarios. Like how did this happen? And so I may need therapy for it myself to figure out what happened. Cause it's like, this is just gross. I, I'm super disappointed. <laughs> I really, I Aww. hate it. Oh man. I, yeah. I'm like, I hate that. It's like, I got to figure that out. But and, you were quick. How quick you were pretty quick to break the cycle. Oh, I don't, uh, I was aware of the cycle. I don't know how quickly I broke it. I mean, I definitely broken it now, but it definitely, it took a while. And so longer than I would care to admit, honestly. So, um, what kept you there? Uh, fear of rejection. Okay. And isolation that if I, if I broke the rules and broke out of this, then what does that mean to me socially? What kind of social suicide am I having by, uh, by not being a part of it? It's like, you follow the rules or you, or, or you die, you know, you know, or, or, you know, or you're Again, alone. survival right? of the minute. Right. Or you're completely alone. And so I think, um, at that stage of my life, it was more important to be connected than it was to be independent and alone. Gotcha. And so, yeah, I just, that's a, that's a disappointment I hold for sure. Um, I think so. another thing that you see is a fluctuation in friendships. Mm-hmm. So that like one time you're with somebody and, um, and they're your friend. And then like, then shortly thereafter, you're not friends with them anymore. Like that's definitely something that happens in junior high that can carry into adulthood. And so, um, you know, paying attention to that, like are your friends or who you're close to, is that constantly changing? You know? Well, I think that's a good point for adulthood, right? And as we, as we kind of try and, realize what's happening in our lives I think it's hard in junior high though because you you're growing you're changing like you're you're finding interests you're you know you want to make those new friends and sometimes we have that hop 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 sense you know yeah we just jump from one to the next to the next and so um it does make it difficult uh and carrying that forward into adulthood is really Mm -hmm. I I think I would tolerate it though more in junior high because those people are still trying to find themselves or trying to figure it out, (laughs) you know, and trying to find their group. And so that feels, I would tolerate it more, but if you're, you know, a grown up and you're still hopping friendship groups frequently because like somebody makes you mad and, or they didn't follow the rules. And so then you're, they're not in, you're in with someone else. Like, I think that's a problem. That would be a red flag for me. Like if I noticed that that was happening in my relationships, that I was constantly having new people come in and other people exiting, like, I think I would want to assess that and yeah. see what, what was causing that. I would agree. In junior high, you're also highly sensitive mm-hmm. and you're quick to feel slighted. Mm-hmm. And so a part of that is like figuring out hormones, you know? And so like you are, are figuring out how to trust your body or not trust your body. And so I think that there's a lot of hormonal changes that impact somebody in, in how they're being volatile. Mm-hmm. But if you can't control your emotions in adulthood relationally, 
that's a red flag too. Yeah, uncontrolled reactions. Yes. I, I actually made a note of that myself when we were kind of doing the prep for this. Uncontrolled reactions, if you're still losing your temper, if you're still like immediately going to that reaction state where you just either blow up or you, you know, you make someone feel bad for you. Like right. the words that you speak, um, it definitely like is Lashing out. Yeah, yeah. It's something that I noticed that it happens with young kids, like I've parented children. So I've seen that. But I've also seen the progress to the adult version, the healthy adult version of what it should look like. So, and so I guess I want to be clear too in that setting that it's not that you you can't feel anger or you can't Mm -hmm. feel an emotion. Like you can feel those things, but you need to control it. Like you shouldn't just like start spewing on someone. Like you should take a minute, take a deep breath, and like and and manage it like a grown up as opposed to being a junior high girl and just like going at it with somebody. Like I think I've made the, the comment before, like you know, new, new, um, housewives of New Jersey, right? Like not, not that, like it shouldn't be good television. Your relationship should not be yeah. television. It's reality TV, but it doesn't, it shouldn't be reality. Right. It's, yeah. <laughs> it should be something a little more calmer than that. Like yeah. there's some maturity in that. So maybe mm-hmm. it's not as juicy or interesting, but there's maturity in that. Gotcha. I also think that as adults, we also in public settings, maybe we stand in circles and like we leave people out. Like mm-hmm. they're not included in the circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, have you been in settings like that where like people are standing around together and like you're on the outside of that and so you don't walk up to it or self-insert like you just feel like okay this is clearly not a group that I'm in yes they aren't wanting me in that yes I will say as an adult in some social cir- circles yes I feel that yeah and so that's kind of more sad. work related a lot okay. of times it's been work related okay um just because I I like I travel now for work but I also used to have like we'd have larger group meetings. I was, I was a female in a male dominated industry. And so I definitely felt that as far as, um, you know, going into a room and having to, to mingle with people and trying to find a, a group to talk to. So. Right. Well, and you've talked about that before, like mingling is not your favorite. No, I'm the yeah. wallflower. I'd rather sit back and just kind of yeah, observe. So like when you walk into a room and there is a group of people in a circle, what do you do with that? Now with your newfound skills that you've learned through Busted Biscuits, what do you do? I pray that there is someone I know that I can go up to and have a conversation and start or like insert myself and like, hey, what are you doing? I'm going to come stand by you. Like, you know, the Mm -hmm. normal, like, let me, let me just hang with you, please. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, as long as you're like reaching out, trying to do something different, that's a good thing. It is. It's awkward and uncomfortable, but it is. Right. So like creating. uh, Ooh, good question. Uh, Maybe. There's a, I have a myriad of choices. One is like, maybe try to find someone else that's alone and talk to them. I'll do that. Um, or I'll find a seat and not talk to anybody and stare at my phone. (laughs) If I'm kind of with you, if I know somebody like I will usually approach that or just kind of stand nearby, you know, and wait for a break in conversation, you know, um, and, and and try to be a part of it. Like Mm -hmm. I I will self-insert at times, like not always, but, um, Sometimes I will. The only place I really find myself these days is like at church. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's a group of people I know. I'm going to wave and see if anybody waves back. And if they wave back, I'll go over. If not, I'm going to keep on walking and be like, yeah. hi. See yeah. You. I keep, yeah. That's good. Like, yeah, I think it's a good indicator of what's happening with that. So I, I also want to be clear that like you don't have to be besties with everyone, mm-hmm. you know, so For I'm sure. not suggesting because we're talking about how to not leave people out and mm-hmm. how to make people feel isolated and like not a part of the group. Like the flip side of that isn't that you have to be best friends with everybody. Like you don't have to be sharing everything with everyone, but it's okay to be kind. Yes. Like no one said you can't be kind. Yeah. I, you think know, like, I, I agree a hundred percent with this one. You don't have to be best friends with everyone, but you have to be friendly to mm-hmm. everyone is how I, is how I kind of think about, yeah. about it in my head. But I think Jesus would be friendly to everybody. Mm-hmm. 
I think he would he would look for the people and say hello, right? I think he would do that. Um, And then we talked about like that we would capitalize on our differences. Like, you know, you'd spend time uh, making fun of someone for how they're different than you. And so I I think something to understand as an adult is that the things that made you weird and quirky in junior high, like might make you interesting as an adult. Absolutely. So for, yeah, yeah, (laughs) it is. So for me, like my example for that, like I was raised very conservatively. And so like, um, I wasn't really listen, allowed to listen to secular music or like I couldn't see movies that were even rated PG until my parents had watched them first. And so there, there was a a certain TV shows we were not allowed to watch. And so I really remember feeling very isolated in that, like that I wasn't cool. I didn't know what people were talking about. And so um, now I, I kind of made some changes for that. Like after I graduated high school, which was in 1996, I kind of started like spending time on those things um, and and doing more uh, cultural stuff. Right. But um, so Todd and I have a joke about when he's talking about something, if you know, from his childhood, I'm like, is that pre 96? And he's like, yes. I'm like, I don't know about it, you know? So, <laughs> so, um, and, and I share that frequently socially, but mm-hmm. like with new friends is like, Oh, if it's before 96, I'm not going to know. And so that kind of makes it interesting. That makes me more interesting. Like it, it felt weird at the time, but like understanding that I had a different ex- experience makes it more interesting. Yes. And so then what happens then is they get to explain to me why that mattered. Like whatever they're talking about, that was pre 96. They talk to me about, you know, well, this is what was going on. And like, they kind of catch me up to it. And so, um, so something that kind of brought me shame and embarrassment, as a child has has made me interesting and unique as a grown-up yeah and it absolutely opens the door for conversation and continued conversation definitely so did you have anything to share about like your junior high experience about some changes that like had happened right before you went in to junior high jennifer yeah (laughs) this is a leading question jill yes okay (laughs) why don't you share with the people what it is i'm wanting you to share Jennifer would like me to be vulnerable with all of our listeners. In this, this is moment. not new. <laughs> you act like that's new. Whatever. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I was, I, well, I should say I went to um, a Catholic school okay. for the first three years. I okay. transitioned into elementary school, a public elementary school after, in third grade. So I, I suddenly had all these people and there was lots of people to like be friends with. And I, I was, it was great. Right. Like it was a good time. Um, it felt nice to have so many people around because the Catholic school is very small. Uh, and then I'll say that <laughs> it was right about the same time that I was getting ready to transition from uh, elementary into junior high that um, my, my home life was not always the greatest. Mm-hmm. It was not a super supportive environment um, for, for lots of different reasons that I don't have to get into. But there there came a moment where I had an interaction with my mother and she um, was angry and yelling, uh, and I don't know where I got the courage from, but I just bolted, I blurted out, and I asked, you know, why did you even have kids if you don't like us? And she basically told me that she only had kids to save her marriage, and that um, that didn't work out, mm-hmm. and so now she was stuck. And so in that moment, for me, at the age of like 10 years old, 11 mm-hmm. years old, all I could, all I heard was, I don't love you, uh-huh. right? Um, and so for me, I was in elementary school and I had this good group of people who I was friends with. And so it made it easy to think, okay, but these people like me, right? Mm -hmm. But then that very next year within, you know, a short amount of time, I was in junior high and had to start all over again. Mm -hmm. And I lost all the confidence that I had. I had had no confidence in being able to Mm -hmm. um, fit in where I needed, where I, where I wanted to, or where I, where I thought I could. Uh Um, And so I did, I never from then until, till you know, I graduated high school. I never made connections. It mm-hmm. just wasn't 
I didn't feel like I was worthy of love. I didn't feel like that I could be loved. I didn't feel like that I could be accepted. And so therefore being like even trying to find friends was very hard for me because of that. Mm. So, and, and so why I was being pushy for you to share that is I think we need to keep in mind that sometimes things happen to us in our childhood that keep us stuck. Yeah. And so an, an example that we use in, in treatment quite a bit is like when, when you're dealing with someone that has a substance abuse issue, and so like if they start using substances at an early age, so let's say, let's say that they're 13 and so they start drinking. And so then drinking and alcohol is present through all life events. So when they're happy, they drink. When they're sad, they drink. When they're angry, they drink. When they're frustrated, they drink. All, like all the emotions include alcohol. Mm-hmm. Then um, often, I can't say 100%, but I'd feel pretty close to that. These individuals don't ever develop then those skills to manage um, their emotions without alcohol being present and they often get stunted where they started, where that was. And so I think that also can be true relationally. Something traumatic can happen that keeps us stuck. And so if you are finding that you are doing this kind of stuff, like if, if you, you know, are triangulating, if you're setting rules, if you're like for relationships and what your friends have to do. And if, if you're like leading people, um, and saying, you know, if you're the leader of the pack and, you know, any of the stuff that we've talked about today, if you're seeing that in your own life, like take a minute and kind of self-evaluate, look and see if, is there anything that happened in junior high or that, or any time really that would keep you stuck? Like, is there a pain or, or something that you've hung on to that is impacting how you interact now as a grown up? And I would strongly encourage you to talk to someone about that. I mean, you might need a professional. You may just need your best friend. I don't know, but like try to talk through those things of like, these are the things that kind of defined who you were and are defining how you have grown up relationships. So, um, we, we may not even be aware of it necessarily, but like just stopping and asking like, what is it that's causing me to treat people this way? What is it that's making me not be inclusive? You know, what is it that's making me want to, um, to show that there's a difference or that's a dividing line from that? Yeah. Well, I guess the, the second part of that question then is, um, what if there is someone and they they don't realize it. Well, then they likely aren't listening to our podcast because that means that they're not <laughs> wanting to get better. Recommend it. They're in, yeah, they're in denial. Um, well, I, you know, it's a good question. I think um, ew, ew. sometimes you might feel comfortable sharing and pointing it out. Um, sometimes you don't, right? Um, it, it, I think it, it, mm, it just depends. And like, so the person is going to have to have insight to the situation to, to understand that they aren't, um, they aren't doing things the way that they need to be done or that there's a place that needs to be healed. I, I would anticipate that someone that's still like following these junior high rules has some pain and has had some friendship hurts. And so that it may not be so hard for them to identify, you know what, I'm still doing this, you know? Okay. And, um, so hopefully they would see it. I guess it's just a conversation and they may not, they may not, but, but I guess for the people that are hearing it and you like, Ugh, I'm doing this, like figure out how to do it differently. Like yeah. stop, you know, yeah. <laughs> stop doing these things, you know, or, you know, have a conversation with someone. Like if you notice that someone isn't doing these things, go, how is it that you got out of that? What made you stop? Like, what do you do in that situation when you're feeling the pressure to talk badly about someone, but you don't want to do it? You know, how have you learned to keep someone's secrets when they tell you something? Um, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Uh, like, yeah, that that's, that's actually a good one. Cause I had that scenario and I was like, how do I not 
I mean, I was in that same place, right? I was, I was angry about something and I just wanted to be, I just wanted to lash out. Truly I did. I just wanted to react and use uncontrolled reactions for the whole entire, every time I interacted. And I was like, how do you do this? And I I did have to ask somebody who had like a whole lot of peace about it. And she's like, I don't have a whole lot of peace about the interactions themselves. She said, but I, I understand, like I have a way of approaching it that helps me control how I react. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't just give in to like, into the anger that's, you know, tra- right. that's going back and forth between us. I, I just, I shut that off and I have a way that I do that. And so we talked kind of through that and, and she yeah. gave me her recommendations and her suggestions. And that was super helpful to me in that moment. I was like, wow, I've never even considered that. So, mm. um, so that I have done that myself. So that does work. I guess I would, I, I guess I question it for the people that maybe, I mean, are there people out there that um, have, that know and don't care? I would hope they they would care, right? Like that, that's pretty heartbreaking <laughs> that they know that their their relationships aren't good and they don't care. Yeah. Um. I, I would hope that they would say, you know what, this could be better. Now they might be fearful of doing the change and having to do the work so the change can happen. That's definitely possible. But um. But I would hope that they would be open to the idea of like ad- addressing things differently. Well, and I guess you know we always talk about why it's worth it. Mm-hmm. in these in these podcasts and I guess that would be because you want healthy relationships you want healthy relationships yeah. you don't want to be keep pushing people away you don't want to like be going through this over Changing and over friends and over, over, and over. And over yeah. yeah man like you want it to be like have solid relationships where people want to be in your presence and like they enjoy that and I think we've talked about that a number of times like why um you know like where do we start we start with us mm-hmm. start looking at internally and saying who am I what am mm-hmm. I doing? You know, what am I giving off? What am I looking to receive? Are those two things compatible? Yeah. Am, I, am I working towards that, you know, towards having this healthy relationship? Or do I have things that are still kind of stuck and tripping me up and that I need to work through and figure that out first? Yeah. And so when you're talking about like being explosive, you know, and not being able to control your emotions, I talk about this a lot. And it's very possible that I've already said this on the podcast. I don't remember. But I've had to learn within myself to pay attention to my body And that when I'm in a situation where people are yelling or there's a fight or something, or I feel like, like I'm feeling this, this, it just rises up. Right. So I've, I've learned to say, okay, when I start feeling it rise up within me, like I, I go, okay, Jen Stanley, you better control what comes out of your mouth. Because if you give into this, you're going to end up having to apologize to someone when you're done. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and it's not going to go well, like that, you know, you've got to watch what you're doing. And so, um, so just kind of be just having this awareness of like, this isn't okay. My buttons are being pushed. I need to make sure that I don't give in to this feeling of rage. And so it doesn't mean that I don't feel it. It just means I don't let it control me, yeah. you know? And so then I, I get through that situation, whatever's ha- causing that emotional reaction in me. And then I, then I'll take a minute and kind of reassess and, and go, okay, so what triggered me that made me feel that way? And so what can I do to not get triggered again? And you know, what, why did that hit me the way it did, you know, and just kind of, uh, backing it off a little bit. That's taken me years to do, you know? So like I've spent a lot of time with, um, well, helping people to heal. And so like seeing something in someone else going, Ooh, okay, I need to change this myself. Right. And so, um, it's, it's not easy. That's a great point is, you know, seeing it in someone else and, and kind of doing the self check and be like, do I do that? Am I, yeah. am I that way? Um, I will, I will say the, one of the other things that's kind of popping in my head right now is that, um, you know, we're talking about friendships sometimes in marriages oh, and yeah. child relationships, these become like, these are, these are all through it. Right. Because yeah. you, you feel a little safer. You feel like, Mm-hmm. it's a place where you can just 
it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing. But the reality is it is the same thing. Every relationship is a relationship to have and it should be healthy. Right. We're hoping for you, you to have these healthy relationships. And, and so applying this not only to your friendships, but to your relationships. And I think that's something that we're going to get into here in, in the next couple of ep- episodes. So. Yes. And so with that, like we're, we're planning a series. And so we're going to let you know what that is. This is episode 10, which is amazing that we've made it to 10 episodes. (laughs) We thank you for listening and supporting us. We're always excited to see our listener numbers. And, you know, every day we check them and are excited to see the support that you have for us. So we we like that. And so we're going to kind of start a series. um, I mean, it's going to be about relationships, but very specific ones. And so, so next week on the episode, we'll start um, with a very specific relationship scenario that we're going to talk through. So and you'll see more about that on social media. So make sure that you're following us on Instagram uh, and on the website and on Facebook. Uh, yeah. Where we'll, you'll, you'll get the kind of the high level, what's it going to look like or mm-hmm. what's, it, what's the topic of the week. So. Right. And don't forget to sign up for our biscuit banter. It's coming up in April. So the dates are the 14th, 21st, and 28th. So we would love to have you sign up for that. Um, go to our website. It's bustedbiscuits.us. And so um, we'd love to have you check it out and sign up there. So until next time, when we bust some biscuits.